welcome to the Corporate Streets Podcast, and this is the only podcast that you ever need to listen to. This is the only media that you will ever need. We have all the informations, and this is Jaren. And this is TJ. Or this and is man, the- it's been a minute. Dog, I miss you, bro. Like, we don't talk anymore or some shit. <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute, man. Had a little... Damn, why can't that be reciprocated, break. dog? You don't miss me? You don't miss me, though? Nah, it's kind of cool. like when, when a, a chick be like, I love you. And it's kind of like, oh, okay. Uh, that, that's what it is? All right, that's cool. I don't have a problem expressing how I feel, man. I miss you, bro. We don't, we don't even talk on the phone no more, dog. What you been up to, man? Anything? Uh, Anything special? Uh, Nothing really special, man, except for... Uh, you know, I've just been looking at a whole bunch of drone photographers. Are you about to go get you a drone? Nah, man. Just, just, it just seems like a lot of people have been interested in aerial photography lately. And yeah, and I just be seeing a lot of these people out here now. I didn't realize there was so many. Yeah, man. It's at a, it's at an easy price point. You can get a drone for less than a, a dope camera nowadays. No, you can get no, you no, a drone no, for no. like twelve hundred. No, well, they don't have drones. They have uh, selfies. They take selfies. These are people taking selfies of themselves, but they're always from a upper, um, like a top angle, looking down. Oh, yeah. You talking about? Oh, okay. As gotcha. if they have a drone. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's a lot of right. So they got the iPhone eight. And they they got the aerial photography going because they only taking like those those aerial those aerial viewpoints. Got it. Got yeah, it. Yeah, it's some it's some camera trickery. It's it's an old photography trick, basically. Um, old wedding photographer trick. I guess portrait too. But basically, um, say you get a a bride that's larger, right? One of the first questions somebody always asks when they're a wedding photographer. Um, I got this this uh, bride. She's kind of big, and you know I don't know what to do. Nowadays, I would say just take pictures of her just like you would anybody else. Take pictures of her happy and having a good time, and you'll be good. That's all that matters. But the old uh, school and the normal thing that most people would say is take pictures from from an angle where you're looking down on her. So it's more flattering. So, you know, because when a person's looking up, that, you know, takes away, like, the chins, like, the double chins they may have. And ah. just from a perspective standpoint, um, okay. when you're looking down on a person, that makes them look a little, that looks more, makes them look more feminine. If you're taking a picture from like a lower angle, you know they seem a lot more masculine. Oh, that's that's like, like a, a power shot. Yeah, exactly. If you will. Okay. So, but uh, so apparently that has caught on to the normal world, the regular non-photographer world. And so uh, you be seeing like the big girls always posting up uh, pictures with their selfie, you know, taking a selfie from a high angle. Hey, man, they know all the camera tricks. They know all the Photoshop trickery. They got the filters down packed. Kanye looking said good. the best. She ain't really bad. She a photo thought. I'd have hired this chick. She's so damn good at Photoshop. <laughs> right. They be looking <laughs> they good, too. It. It'd be looking good too, but when you see like just a hundred headshots, you know there's some. You already know something's up. There's something. There's something at play here. Yeah, yeah. 
So wait, wait, wait. So let, let's 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 dissect this real quick. You see a hundred headshots. Uh, Red flag. Number one. Automatically. Number one, you need to see more than just a headshot. You know what I'm saying? If you're if you're uh, you know if you're if you're a, a young man that's uh, that's available and you're trying to see if she's available and you're interested in courting this woman and you want to know more about her, you know what I'm saying? Don't just go for the headshot. That's number one. Number two is look at that background. Look at the environment, dog. Is she always in the house? Is she always by a door or by a white wall or some shit? That means she got like 52 kids and she can't go nowhere. <laughs> okay. Yeah, man. So you might want to check that out. And the same goes for men. Uh, I just don't, I haven't tried to dissect what the men do though. Let me see. If a man takes 52 pictures of himself and they all like in the house, what does that mean? He ain't got no car. Um, I mean, it could be because look, think about it. So like even with me, I'm a person who, I mean, I kind of, I go out quite a bit, but I'm not, I'm not always posting pictures of me going out, but like I might take, take a picture while I'm at work. So at least the background has changed. I'm in my work bathroom. And I know you got a job. So, well, that's, yeah, that's the point I was about to make. It, that tells you that I at least have a job. Yep. With a decent enough bathroom where I can take a picture. <laughs> it's not White Castle. <laughs> so the the chick the chick who's taking pictures of us in front of a white wall or her door all the time, she may not be employed, bro. Damn. Hey, man, when you have 52 kids that you got to watch, it's cheaper, you know what I'm saying, just to be at home with them. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> maybe maybe she's married. Maybe she's a stay at home mom, bro. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, the person anybody who's yeah. taking fifty two pictures in front of their white wall or their door, they ain't got nowhere to be, and they way too active on social media. <laughs> they need something better to do. Well, the one the one person that that uh, you kind of just described there. Is, this is kind of a real life story. Um, should I share it, or do we have time to do that? <laughs> uh, hey man, we'll make it work. Just quickly. All right. So back in the day, like in the tenth grade, there was a girl who I talked to um, for like a month, and uh, then I didn't talk to her. And so I saw a name that looked similar to hers. So did you hit her with the MJ fade, or did she hit you with the with the MJ? fade away no that really wasn't a fade away she just kind of just like turned into a ghost just completely oh, okay. got so, it okay so um of course i was heard about that and so when i saw her or i saw <clears throat> i saw a name that looked like hers um that was suggested to me i was like oh let me go look her up and see what she's up to and i see these headshots and she's looking all gorgeous and stuff and her hair is looking good and you know it's like oh she's still looking good that's good for her and then it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> like what? It's like either either she got a drone or like, she's taking a whole like she's lot just playing of with her drone in the house all the time. Like what's going on here? <laughs> and then she's always in front of that white wall or that door. She never really seems like she's going anywhere. Yeah. And uh, then after some some more further investigation, uh, it turns out she has at least. Somewhere to the tune of six to eight kids. 
Okay. And um, yeah, and she's, you know, she's got like six to eight kids, and she's kind of gained some weight. So yeah, you know, All she's right. not she's not as fit as she used to be back yeah. in high school. <laughs> Things change when you have six to eight kids, bro. It definitely does Things change. But yeah. um, I don't know, man. It, to me, it seems like you should still be. Not necessarily proud, but not embarrassed to show you. I think we kind of talked about it, talked about it on the show before about like guys who wear like shirts when they go to the pool or the beach or whatever. Yeah, duh. and like my son tried to pull that shit. I'm like, man, get the, you know, like, like no, nah, <laughs> sitting here, take that goddamn shirt off. What you think you doing? Yeah, man, like take your shirt off, man. You good? And uh, I feel like women should feel the same way like like why not be not necessarily i don't know if it's confident or or what but just don't be afraid to show you you know if you go you went out and you got dressed up right most people mm-hmm. want to get their whole outfit in the picture yeah so why would you not you know i would just do these head and shoulder shots or you can well, go you save know, a I- lot of money on some on jeans you don't gotta ever buy any pants Obviously, there's a sort of of a shame there that's clear. You know what I'm saying? Like this person is afraid to show everything about them. And we already also talked about that uh, Instagram, Facebook, these social media places, Twitter and Twitter's included. These are all about highlights, bro. You ain't trying to show the lowlights. There's very few people who will show the lowlights. And so she's going for the high photos, which she conceives to be her highlight. <clears throat> and she's not showing the rest of her body what she conceives to perceives to be her uh low light so it's unfortunate but that's just something that she has on going on mentally with her and that's gotta she's be not happy with herself and that's gotta be a weird place to be like you're you're proud of your your upper half or you know your head and shoulders but not proud of the rest of you you know yo you know what now that i think about it that's a sign bro like, would you really want to talk to a person that's not really showing the entire them? You know what I'm saying? And so if there's a person who is uh, afraid of themselves or ashamed of themselves or not proud of themselves, should you get involved in that? Probably not, because if they're not true to themselves or not OK with themselves, then they're probably going to have a hard time. You're probably gonna have a hard time being with them. It's I probably say, gonna be a difficult relationship. Yeah, I would say I would say um, no, I probably wouldn't want to get involved in a person like that because their headspace is probably not, you know, they're not in a good place. Have you ever thought about that though? Like, has that has that ever been a red flag for you? Other than the fact that it's a red flag that whoa, I ain't seen the rest of what this person looks like. I'm trying to see what I'm really dealing with here. I'm trying to see if 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 this person really piques my attraction or not. Th- that's probably the furthest it will go with me. I never thought about it as far as a mental state. And now that we're talking about it, that's a mental state you should be concerned with. Like a dude that's always flashing money in a camera that's always in He's the house. He's compensating for something. He's Yeah, something is going on there. And so that's that's a that's a flag that we need to be looking at as as adults yeah yeah like this person you know that i was like oh look at my face i'm so pretty i'm so pretty and everybody's probably telling her that but you know maybe not even so deep down inside just period she really isn't happy about where she is 
again, like, speaking of that, her picture. Now she you had say no that though, out there, huh? Now that you say that though, that's what Instagram is in itself. Though is I'm so pretty, I'm so pretty, or I'm so well traveled, I'm so well traveled, or I got this, I got this. Mm-hmm. And so I guess technically we should be talking to nobody because we all had cases in some sort or another. Mm, not necessarily. It depends on what you're sharing. I think. Um, if you're always, well, I don't know, because like the girl who's showing her body all the time, you know, so we're talking about Instagram models now. If they are actually making some type of money off of this. Yeah, that's that's a business for them. I'm with that. Um, my me personally, uh, I show what like I was doing like the shoes. I was showing my socks and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I guess that can fit in, into where you were saying. Uh, but re- before that, like my Instagram was about showing like my photography. Yeah. Okay. So that was showing a, a hobby of yours. And then to bounce back to what you said, maybe I will post up a picture if I like a shirt or something. So. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. So I. I guess at the end of the day, maybe we should just um, maybe we should think about, you know, when, when we, if we're looking to court somebody based off of, you know, if you get an opportunity to see what their social media is like, their social media presence, maybe that's giving us more than just what they look like. Maybe we can take more from yeah, that. Not exactly. saying that you judge based off of it, but don't negate it either, because, you know, the corporate streets always uh, promotes believe people when they tell you exactly. I'm saying you can kind of judge from that. That shows a little something. Nah, I, I don't know. It, I, it, it could be a slippery slope, though, right? Because you were just saying you take pictures of your shoes. It got to the point where uh, I used to post pictures of oh, my shoes. Yeah. And then I felt some kind of way about me posting pictures of my shoes because I felt like, am I saying, look at what I got? And like, what what am I doing it for? I don't know. I just got confused and I start overthinking it. And I was like, fuck it. I don't really post pictures of my shoes anymore for me. And that's just me being weird for me. It was like, I'm excited to have some shoes and some socks that match. And I'm going to share it because I think it's cool because these two go together. Um, No, I guess what I was thinking, I was thinking more along the lines of the person who only posts headshots. Okay. And that's all they do. Oh, you know what? Speaking of that, that's telling you something. You also told me that this person posts like five to eight pictures a day, too. Yeah. Well, which is five, eight posts. Maybe not pictures of themselves. Oh, okay. But they're, they're posting a lot of just memes. Content. And, and junk. They're yeah. posting a lot of content. Yeah. Okay. So they're heavily active. Right. But the headshot does definitely make it in their promos every day. Okay. I'm with you. So... So what about you, man? You did anything uh, corporate street this week? Uh, you know what? Um, so I'm at work, right? And I am talking to this person, and I've had a couple interactions with this individual, and I just found these interactions to be kind of weird because in in the last few times we've talked, he's made a point to make a joke or a reference about smoking weed, okay? And I know that in California that is legal, right? Yep. Um, but it's not federally legal. It's, it's 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 state law legal. It's not federally legal, and most jobs still wouldn't appreciate if they knew that you indulged in 
smoking or eating marijuana products <laughs> or paraphernalia. So you okay. can't go on your smoke break and um, and listen to one of Kanye's new albums because that's what yeah. that, that's what those albums are now. They're just smoke break music. These because <laughs> it's, it's thirty five minutes at best. These little seven are they even thirty five minutes? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they. But uh, no, oh, actually, no, they're not, not, dog. Maybe like, not because that's, that's five that's minutes a song, huh? I said, yeah, that'd be five minutes a song, and they're not that. So they're, they're not like thirty five minute joints, twenty seven to thirty minute joints. Yeah, I think even twenty seven is stretching, but yeah, smoke break music. That's what these albums all are. <laughs> so <laughs> lunch so, break music, dog. You can go through your lunch break and go listen to a whole Pusha T album. I think I'm giving them about twenty one minutes um, on on all these albums, so that's what I'm calling. I'm thinking they smoke breaks, long smoke break. <laughs> <laughs> So, you can't smoke weed on your, on your on your lunch break. Nah, nah, not not at the type of places that I work. Nah, okay. you can't you can't do that. That wouldn't be allowed. And if they made you take a drug test to to as an introductory to get into the place and a background check, mm-hmm. it's likely that they wouldn't give you the job if you had marijuana in your system. And for all intents and purposes, I believe it takes about thirty days or so. Uh, then that's just for uh i think that's even for like a basic uh indulger is is 30 days if you're a heavy indulger you fuck around and be like 60 days or something it's it's pretty long so okay. anyway homie was making these references right and so i'm with other co-workers who probably clearly don't indulge because the look that they give when he <laughs> in both times when he made the reference they just looked around and he's he thought he made a funny that was kind of like true you know that you know uh all all jokes have some sort of truth in them right mm-hmm. there's truth in every joke mm-hmm. and so that's the feeling that that's the vibe that it was he was talking about you know <laughs> you know it's like you know getting as soon as you get home from work take a long long hit of the bong and everybody just start looking around like and nobody really laughed we just looking around like the fuck is he talking about <laughs> And he's just telling us like he's just telling us his business, bro. And I just thought that that was odd. It was really funny. So it wasn't funny. The joke wasn't funny, but it was funny that he was comfortable enough to throw it out there as if it were a joke. And everybody else is just sitting back like, are you serious? Are you joking? If this is your thing, it ain't my business. It was really awkward. It, it left for an awkward moment. My my mother was actually telling me about like her job about how. Um, like when uh, when uh, President Obama got elected, how uh, there was this, this uh, lady who would tell all these like black jokes in like yeah basically she was telling black jokes and kind of trying to disguise them as a uh, as a um, political joke, and so they reported this lady. And like the supervisor came back, was like, yeah, we got to talk to her and let her know, you know, that she shouldn't be saying, saying political jokes because of blah blah blah. And it was like, it wasn't political. It was like these racist jokes. <laughs> but no, they were trying to sugarcoat it. Right. They were trying to sugarcoat it and say, yeah, you know, they they shouldn't tell these uh these uh these off color political jokes. It's like, no, nah, they were they were colored racist jokes, is what they were. Yeah, so uh, people, I don't, I never really talk 
definitely not politics at work and I mean you gotta know who you're talking to when you're about to start telling people that you're smoking weed and stuff yeah man so hot button issues abortion now you learn those in like uh the what is it uh politics 101 class or whatever like you, you don't talk about it might have even been economics but you don't talk about uh race you don't talk about politics you don't talk about abortion those are things or you don't just talk about life. religion just in life you, you should learn these things yeah i'm saying that these are these are hot button topics that there is no right or wrong answer you're never going to get everybody to agree so your best bet is just to only talk amongst your friends and not talk about this stuff in public. It's that it goes back to that assumed ally thing, you know. Yeah. Maybe the guy thought everybody's with the shits and he can talk about getting high and stuff. Yeah, because because it's legal. It's not illegal, right? right. Even if it, I mean, it's here not, it's a, it's illegal, but you know, a person could make the same mistake here, thinking that oh, you know, so and so's cool, Jaren's cool. He looks like he might partake in the weed every now and then. And I could get completely offended by it. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, Jaren's black. He know what it is. I mean, I I could tell him. I could tell him about what it is. He know what it's like. Right. He, he grew up like me. He from the hood too. You know what I'm saying? I just I had a blunt at lunch. It's cool. He won't he won't say nothing. <laughs> but you might be totally offended, and you be the one who go snitch him out. I mean, you are a self proclaimed snitch. You didn't snitch a bunch of people out. So don't do no shit around Jaren listeners. I mean, if I don't like him, man, I mean, I might have to get him out the paint. Because <laughs> I'm also a Libra and I hold grudges, so. There you go. I don't know if that's a Libra thing, bro. I'm a Libra and I don't I don't know if I hold grudges. Uh, I don't know if I do that. You're a, a New Day Libra or something. I don't know. <laughs> so speaking, speaking of jobs, though, bro, um. I've been at my job for a while and I'm trying to think forward in my career and all indications is telling me that it's time for a change, man. Enough is enough and it's time for a change. Yeah, man, it's time for a change. In my experience, dog, it's like if you're trying to be ambitious or well-rounded, um, you want to try to change roles or change departments every two to three years. If you're trying to be an ambitious person that's moving yep. up the chain. You got to move around a little bit. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I just had that conversation yeah. with a coworker, just saying how complacent I feel right now because when I first started, I was changing positions all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's how, how it is when you're younger. You're always changing positions. But when you get older, that's yeah. a double entendre there in case you didn't catch it. Okay. Okay. We got that. We got but, that. Uh, you should get a rap career. <laughs> but yeah, you, you're always changing positions and... And then it kind of slowed down when I got into a uh, a job title where I was comfortable. The uh, my manager was really good, and like I would be able to come in and leave and go get breakfast, you know, every day. Uh, had a really so good you felt schedule. comfortable. And so I felt comfortable at that point. Um, but then they had like this this shakeup, and I had to leave there, and so. The job, and that's when I got the position I have currently, and I've been in this position. I mean, I didn't even notice it, but I looked up, and it's been seven years. It kind of just crept up on me. Yeah, and um, it's easy for that to happen. Yeah, and so that's what I mean by complacent. Now, I mean it's it's a it's a cool job, and I'm happy to have it, but it's not really where I wanted, you know, things to end. 
Oh, gotcha. You know what, though? Uh, just being around, I realized that, man, and this is why two to three years is the number, in my opinion, is that as soon as you feel comfortable in that joint, as soon as you feel comfortable in whatever you're doing, that means it's time to go. Like when you feel like, you know what? I really know what I'm doing here. I really feel like I can do this. I, I've seen everything and I can do everything. It's time for you to change either roles or change departments and seek something different because what ends up happening is and this has happened to me too it's gotten to the point where i'm really doing like when you break it down when you take away all of the all of the uh what, what i want to call it you take all of the the clothes the cloaks you take away everything and strip it down to just as bare whatever it is you're pretty much doing the same shit it's just a different day with different situations with different topics different names but it's really the same thing and if you could do it once or twice or three times you know how to do it it's just you doing it and it, and it got to the point where i felt comfortable because i knew how to do it so i felt good you know being able to do it but once you start feeling that kind of way that's when it's really time for you to dip especially if you want to like try to get more money you have to change jobs dog because in my experience my gig would give you two to three percent increase a year you know what I'm saying? At mm -hmm. best, if if you're doing, if you're fully meeting your expectation, they'll give you two percent or three percent if you're doing really well. And if you're doing above, 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 above everybody, which is really hard to do, they tell you, you got to walk on water. They might give you four to five percent in a year, and they say inflation is what two to three percent. And so, really, every so year right I'm just there. breaking even. Yeah, you're just right there, <laughs> going along with the inflation. But you know, with the two to three year thing. I used to feel like that was true, but I believe as you get older, that um, time span probably gets a little longer. Okay. So, like, when you're younger, you have the um, ability to let it fly. You know, you can go and um, take risk while you're young, but as you get older, you start having a family, and you get settled in your house, you kind of start having to consider more, um, you know, job security. You have to think about job security a little more. And so, yeah, you've, you, you've mastered your job, but are you in a department that's not going to go anywhere? Like, let's say you work for a phone company or a, a communications company, and... They have, you know, this this uh, TV service, right? They sell okay. this television service. I'm thinking that TV is about to turn into Blockbuster. <laughs> okay. Like TV as we know or it. Or cable. It, you it, mean it, cable, cable providers? About to turn yeah, into Blockbuster? Cable, cable providers as we know it. I think it's going to turn into Blockbuster. You know, it's, it's, it's old. I think it's going to eventually go extinct. So, yeah. so that person should move, but you, but you know, if you're in that position, you know, that's obviously not a secure position. You might want to get somewhere else where it's a little more secure. Okay. I'm with you on that. You know what? You brought up a really good point too. What I'm talking about is almost young person's mentality. Yeah. Like when you have time to move, like when you're 65, most people are not look if you're still working, 
Hopefully you don't have to, but if you are, if you like most of America, you're still working. You ain't looking to get the next gig every two years, right? Right. The people that I, however, the people that I do see that are still ambitious, though, no matter what age they are, I still see the bosses, bosses, the people in corporate. Every two to three years, they got a new position. Always doing something new. Yeah, the CEOs, um, like the CEO of my company, left my company and went to Ford. Yeah, like Coca Cola. That's not a two to three year thing, though. Generally, it's not. It's it's not a two or three year thing, but it was probably like a seven to ten year thing for him. Like those guys, and it seems like with the big corporations, their CEOs just kind of cycle through each other. Yeah. Like they just, they just do, they they just kind of play musical chairs, basically. They play switcheroo, right? And, and companies want that too, though. You don't want to come, you don't want a CEO to be there for 25 years. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because that's how you become Blockbuster. <laughs> that's exact, right. exactly. That's probably what happened to Blockbuster, dog, is that they got the same guy or woman making decisions and they doing it like how they always did it. You know what I'm saying? That's what happened right. to, to Kodak. It's like, yo, we got the best film around. We ain't got to do nothing. Now, what do we need a digital camera for? Dog, apparently the digital camera came from an engineer at Kodak. And they was like, nah, we like that we lead in the market sharing film. Why would we do something that, that's filmless? And there you have it. Yeah. It was either Kodak or Polaroid. I think I might be getting my Polaroid my people mixed up. One of them companies. I wanna yeah, say, it might have been Kodak. No, nah, Kodak. Kodak kind of had their uh digital camera stuff. But Polaroid that's a touchy that's a sensitive subject for me, man. I I don't this Polaroid to me is not the same as Polaroid to other people. Oh, okay. Like I have I have I have Polaroid film that's worth a hundred dollars in my refrigerator right now. I have a Polaroid camera from like the sixties. That shoots oh, okay. amazing pictures. Uh your boy Jonathan Mannion, uh yeah. music uh, uh hip hop photographer. It's not really just a hip hop photographer, but but yeah, that's one of his gigs that he had. That's one of his he's big changing things. jobs. All them pictures, the the timeless, you know, big pictures that you remember, those are all shot with the same camera that I'm talking about. Those are Polaroid mm. shots. So. So whoever it was, but Kodak, they stopped making those. Yeah, they stopped making. Yeah, that Kodak film or Polaroid, yeah. whoever it was that didn't want to get with the times and go digital. Yeah, Polaroid they was hurting real bad. Yep, they was hurting real bad. So. uh Anyway, I was get, what I was getting at is that if you want to get a, I was also talking, I was thinking about promotion too. So we talked about trying to move around every two to three years, right? right you know, right. to be ambitious and move around. But you're only getting two to three percent raise at the typical company that you at, unless your company is like off the chain. And if you do get a promotion, they're generally giving you when you're just in the company five to seven percent. If you stay with the same company and you get promoted to the next level, they give you like a five to seven percent increase is what they typically do. However, if you really want to increase your funds, you go to a new company and they'll give you like 15 to 20 percent. You know what I'm saying? They're hiring for a new position. They'll really give you that money if you're trying to go to the next level at another company. It's all, it, it reminds me of how these phone companies and these cable companies, they respect the newbies. They'll give the newbies the good deal. But you've been with them for 22 years. You've been a loyal, you know, uh, direct TV customer. You've been a loyal Verizon customer. And you don't get the new entry deals. They make you pay. You know what I'm saying? Same same at work, dog. Like, 
to get the biggest money, you gotta go. You gotta go to. Uh, you gotta go to the new gig. You gotta get a new gig. And I also feel like this might be a perspective thing too, because you're you're speaking from a perspective of a person that has um, a degree, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that person with that degree can go and take this degree knowledge and uh, previous work experience knowledge on to the next place and it actually be appreciated. So a person without a degree who has like a, uh, say, telemarketing job or a call center job or they're just a clerk or something who doesn't have a degree, they don't care what you learned at the other call center. They could train That's very true. That. Uh, even if you make it, you know, they might be making decent money, but still it's that that job experience and your experience really doesn't mean anything to the next place because they're going to have their own way of doing it. They're going to have their own systems and stuff. Right. So, they're paying you for a process versus paying you for the the uh, the creativity and the intelligence that you bring to the position. So That's so true. that person, that person, again, can't just jump around like that because they also will go somewhere and they don't really have the uh you're talking about like salaried employees true so if you're doing wages i mean that's just locked in it is what it is a lot of the yeah. times at least but um so i mean it's a little different you know it is it is on, definitely different where you are in in the in the workforce Depending on where you are is definitely different. That's true. So I'm speaking from a place of of having a degree and being able to take that degree and that being a prerequisite to do a particular job and then taking my experiences that I learned at whatever particular job over the last however many years, 12 years, 15 years and say, hey, I got this degree. So I got the prerequisite. Plus, I've got all these experiences. Now give me this other opportunity. And so I'm at the point now where I feel like uh, I don't the the opportunities don't appear to be available where I'm at the, for the next level that I'm trying to get to, and so I started thinking about going to a different company, and I feel this certain type of anxiety, and I don't know if that anxiety is coming because I feel some type of loyalty to the company because I've been there for 12 years, or do I feel loyalty to the employees and management staff, or if I'm just flat out scared of going to an unknown company. You know what I'm saying? There's an anxiety there, though, when I start thinking about making that move. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person that's ever felt that before. And so uh, the positions that I'm applying for is a, is like a management role. And so uh, part of it has me nervous that, man, am I, am I capable of doing that? You know what I'm saying? And so I, I came to some realizations. And so I want to talk about those and whether whether you're a degree professional trying to go from job to job or whether you don't have a degree and you're just trying to get into a different department or trying to take a step up because of your experience in your current job. Some realization, these realizations can help you, too. All right. So one thing I had to realize is that uh, if I go on this interview circuit with these different people. Like I'm at this interview and generally in these interviews, you meet one, two or three people that you have to sit with and they choose to give me a shot. I got to take the shot and I got to worry about making it or missing it some other time. You know what I'm saying? I can't just sit there on the bench and avoid getting in the game or if I'm in the game, stand around and hope they don't pass me the ball. When I get the ball, I got to I got to shoot the shot. I can't dribble out. 
to the three-point line and wait for the time to run out. Shout out to J.R. Smith in these finals right here. Right. But I can't do that. I got to shoot the shot. You know what I'm saying? And so you got to do that too. Don't be scared. Go ahead. Shoot the shot. I was listening to Charlemagne's book, uh, Black Privilege, Opportunity Comes to Those Who Create It. And he talked about a time where he turned down a job and his mentor, he kind of chastised, chastised him a little bit because he was like, yo, don't ever turn down a position. You know what I'm saying? Because you fear you can't do it. Get that job and then figure that shit out later. You remember right. the part I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I had to I had to talk myself into that. And that that goes for anybody that's listening too. You know what I'm saying? Uh, again, whether you're a degree professional trying to take a step up or go to a different company or whether you're just in your job, you've been in your role for a while and you're trying to be the supervisor or the shift leader or the next level up, don't sit there and worry about, well, can I get it? Can I get it? Because think about this. Wouldn't that shit be a travesty if you found out that, that guy that's sitting next to you or that chick that's sitting next to you, you solve all of their problems, you help them out, you're the one who give them all the answers, and they the one who go up for that position, and they get it. Can you imagine how you'll feel? You know what I'm saying? You'll be pissed if they got that position and you didn't. Oh, it happens all the time. Like you train Definitely. your replacement kind of thing. Or you train yeah, your boss. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not your yep, replacement, you train, you train, you train your, your boss. boss. Exactly. That happens all the time. And, and we've talked about this on the show. It happens, it happens with, uh, with women, too, or men, for that matter. You see, you see a girl that you're attracted to. You think she's so cute. She's a 10. You're too scared to talk to her. And some fucking nerd comes up and talks to her. Now they dating you like, how the hell did he get her? I'm much cooler than that dude is. But you know what? He had the courage to go talk to her. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so that happens, that happens at work, too, man. So couple realizations I came to I had to pump myself up get myself ready stop being so emotional stop being so scared you know what I'm saying and, and just uh, you know what it's, it's almost like a it's, it's, it's like a paranoia thing I'm being all paranoid and shit when I should feel like I'm more prepared you say you feel like you're more of a you're more like a what I said it, it feels like more of a a, a paranoia in a sense when I should feel like I'm, I'm actually prepared because I know I'm preparing myself. Oh, prepared. I've been preparing myself all these years. I thought you said you feel more the like next a, level. I thought you said you feel more like a parrot. A parrot? I don't know what the <laughs> fuck you're talking about. Nah, dog. I'm, I'm not just copying people. I'm, 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 I'm thinking for myself. <laughs> I know. I know for me. I know for me. Like I was really worried about uh, what if you know I stay. Like so, when I was faced with um, changing positions, for me, like I said, I had a cush job. Manager was super duper cool. Um, we were in the you know in the office where people didn't really bother us. It was simple. I had it mastered, and I was thinking, you know. So when they were doing a shakeup, it was like, okay, my schedule's gonna probably suck because of where my seniority fell. And, um, you know, I might get moved to a different group where, you know, I'm not going to have the same cool manager. And then my seniority might fall so low that I can get let go if they didn't even, ever needed to let go of people. Oh, so man. when I put all those things together, I was like, I got to I got to leave because I was younger. You know, I was young enough to go ahead and take that risk to leave. 
and the the place where I was going, it was like, okay, I get to learn some new stuff. I'll be, you know, around different types of people, and I know what my schedule is going to be, and you know, things were just more secure. So, like for it me, it almost sounded like it was more of a risk to to stay there, though. Oh, it would have like been super you risky. You, you to was stay, young enough to take that risk to make the move, but it it sounds like it was a risk to stay, knowing that there was a shakeup, knowing that your seniority was up in the air. It was almost right. safer to go see what else. Well, see, was I don't, available. I don't even know if it would have been a risk as much as it would have been almost guaranteed. You yeah. know, like I knew these things were gonna happen. And speaking of which, uh, and. <laughs> Like a lot of those people, they were let go eventually. The 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 shakeup happened, yeah. And the stuff that I was trying to avoid did, in fact, happen. And Negro Domus. And uh, yeah, I, I made the right decision. I got up out of here. <laughs> you saw the future, Negro Domus. Yeah, yeah man. But no, so yeah, I, that, that was good. So again, like I was saying, it, it's it sounds like it was more of a risk to stay there from what you were naming. Probably so. Yeah. It sounds like it was like, yo, I need to see what else is popping because if I stay here, I might get let go. It was yeah. good that you was able to see that, man, because some people are too afraid. And this is the anxiety that I'm talking about. So uh, I'm glad you made the point that the perspective I was coming from sounded like it was a person that may have a degree and may have a whole bunch of options versus somebody who doesn't have a degree might not have as many options. Yeah, your back might, might be against something. The wall. It might be something as simple as there was a department shakeup. You don't know what the future of that department is going to be. Your anxiety might tell you, like, man, I don't know what the next department is going to be either, though. I don't know what that boss is going to be like. You know what? Let me stay here with uh, Mrs. Jones because I know she's really nice. And if I'm five to seven minutes late, she don't really say nothing. I'm going to stay yeah. with her. But that yeah. anxiety will get you let go if you just stay complacent. So... Go ahead if if but, if you're looking at the writings on the wall, don't stand there too long trying to read them and figure them out. <laughs> you need to go ahead and make that move. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I so like when I got to my job to the to the new place, um, so the new place I ended up at, it was uh, downtown. You know, in this big skyscraper, I was like on the what was on 29th floor. Oh and, man! So you got the office overlooking the city. You get to see the arch and shit. Uh, nah, they they had the arch um, view was for the director, ah, for the director office. So. Got you. No, nah, I got to see the jail though. <laughs> you got to see the jailhouse. Yeah, I could see the jail from from the courthouse and the jail from my. Yeah. From my, so if anybody escaped, you can just look out your window and be like, "Yo, that's him right there." Yeah, and now actually I can see Bush Stadium. I can't really see into it, but. I mean, I can see it. That's a hell of a view, bro. <laughs> it's better than a jail, I guess. <laughs> that's hey, that's better than not being able to see outside, dog. Like before they redid my building, all the offices had the windows, mm -hmm. and so the where all the cubicles were, there were no windows because all the windows had an office. You know, the office had all the windows. All right, right, so right, right. The, the lining walls of the outsides yeah. were all offices. Yeah. So we had no windows. It was yeah, dim. Then I think about it, shit was like a sweatshop or some that's shit. That's terrible, man. But yeah, so when I was on the 29th floor, 
you know, I'm worried because I'm like, geez, I'm on the 29th floor. What would happen if there was like an active shooter or what if a, like a plane crashed into the building or there's a fire or something? You know, what would I do? And so, like, this is kind of like a theme throughout my life where I'm always kind of like, I don't know if I'm Skirt. preparing or I'm paranoid about what possibly could happen and what would I do and if I'd be yep. prepared, <laughs> you know, if I'd be ready for it, you know. So I'm thinking like, all right, so if somebody started shooting, you know, I'm at least four or five rows from the door. I can duck off this way if they came from that way or I can go this other way, you know. Would would I be able to, you know, outmaneuver this person? Would they take the bullet while I'm kind of climbing under the desk? And so I, why why are you so scared, dog? Why are you so scared? Because these things happen. I don't know if it's just because of you know you you, you see it in in the news all the time. Just the most random thing could happen. And so you don't be hitting them with the if that was me, shit. If that was me. I'll run up and go tackle him, take the gun from him. No, I say, what that if that you? was me? What would I do? I'm asking more of a question. I'm not trying to proclaim this is what I would do. <laughs> like, I mean, and even like if I'm at a restaurant, like I, I can't sit with my back to the entrance. I need to see everybody coming in. Yeah. You know, um, movie theaters, the same thing. Well, movie theaters, my first priority is to make sure I'm sitting in the viewer's triangle. Which is the uh, viewer's triangle? Yeah, you you what make you, a, you make an equilateral triangle, and okay. uh, so the the uh, screen being the base of the triangle, and you should okay. be at the top point. Okay, so like the top corner? No, the yeah, well, yeah, the top corner basically. Okay, so that's my first priority when I go to movie theater. Second priority is. I need to be seeing if anybody's walking in with a trench coat on or any, you know, anybody that looks like they could be problematic and shoot up the theater. Worried about those guys. Or you know what's hard nowadays? Like the the theaters that I've been going to now, Uh they have it where you have to walk upstairs. And so you walk in the theater, you make the right turn and then you make another right and all the seats are upstairs. And so whoever's at the bottom... They just have the view of the whole freaking theater and all the exits, the two exits, the emergency exit and the entrance exit that you came in, they're all at the bottom. So see, that freaks me out. You see, you real life story. Those. Real life story here. Um, I want to see Black Panther. Yeah. I had the 40 cal with me. Oh, okay. Like You I can do that. In the, wait, are you supposed to have it in the movie theater? Uh, See, and that's, I really don't care. Because <laughs> I don't know, I don't. Because when I'm the way I was thinking is, some white person might feel like these damn niggers in this movie. I'm sick of them all talking about Wakanda, dressing up like they Africans, and they might yeah. want to come up and shoot up the theater. Yeah, I gotta protect myself, man. I gotta protect my family, regardless of what the rule or the law is. Yeah, like when it's all said and done, I don't, I don't want to be. Rest in peace, it you know. Rest in peace on the on Facebook or whatever. Yeah. I don't want to end up on that T-shirt. Better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it, right? So I'll take I'll take my chances, man. 
Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, I remember this one time where I had a, uh, it was a, a, I think I knew him through cars, but he was like a gun guy too. And he was talking about having a church gun. Having a church gun? A church gun. So a little small gun that he would carry to church. Okay. Because you never know what will happen. And, of course, as we've seen, uh, at least twice in the past few years, somebody came and shot up a church. Now, so if there's somebody that with a church quick. gun. So let's play that out. So you got a small gun. You talking about like a little Dillinger, like a little one-shot, two-shotter? Or you yeah, just talking about like a little twenty-two? I don't know. Yeah, it's just a, yeah, something along those lines. All right. And so this guy comes in. Didn't, like, say like a Dylan Roof, didn't he have uh, an assault rifle 15 or something? close to it a what the ar-15 the assault rifle 15 um sir we've <laughs> assault rifle 15 yeah but uh arm didn't he have 15. like something that was like a like a like a rifle or something um i don't remember what he had but i forget what he had but uh i guess what i'm getting at is all right so let's say that somebody comes in with like um they come ever had a, a mini gun dog 22 hertz just the same yeah it does it does so is the thought is the thought that well at least if i fire a couple shots back that might scare him off or might free us up to be able to get out of there or somebody to tackle him or do something or uh no the thought is you shoot at him to put him down instead of getting mowed down with everybody else oh man like it's not that simple somebody comes in when you ain't ready and they got their whole arsenal. They got like four or five magazines. I didn't they say it was simple. I didn't say it was simple, but I'm also not saying that you're going to fire off some warning shots to make them run off. No, 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 no. I'm saying you you shooting at them. I mean, maybe this, you this get held like up in a closet or something and he opens say, up the closet and bam, you get him before he yeah, gets you. This ain't like the movies where like just because you shoot, you're going to hit. You know what I'm saying? You in a situation, you all shaking and shit, you nervous. You trying to you trying to aim at cat? You probably ain't hitting them on the first shot. You probably ain't hitting them on the second shot. So what? Just, you know, just sit maybe there and that's be a gonna piss him off and make him killed? just start spraying. I mean, you should they should just lay down and and do nothing. Nah, I'm not saying that either. Okay, so what are you saying? Like, like I understand it's not the movies. I'm not saying that you're gonna one hand, you know, cock your hand to the side <laughs> and, and, and shoot them and get a headshot. But if you got, you know, I mean, I would, I'll take my chances with my little eight little shots or whatever. Yeah. I just heard when I was just thinking little church gun, you know, I got I got my I got my little church gun with me, you know. OK, so we can say so we can say the Dillinger or whatever. Maybe you are usher and maybe he just ignores you and tries to walk by. Bam. You can hit yeah, him you go head. to the side of his head and pull yeah. a, uh, this is America. Yeah. You pull a childish Gambino on the opening scene. Exactly. We just I pull mean, it out, put it to so, his head, and bow. Yeah. All right. That's what's up. I'm with that. I'm just saying. I mean, you know, they got massive churches, so I don't know what size church you were kind of, you know, imagining. But you know, it's all kinds yeah, of different situations. I was situations. thinking of a small joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a bunch of different situations, but you know, church gun. I I would think that's a a product of some type of paranoia slash preparedness. I'm not sure. If you know how you know you cross that line or when you cross that line, maybe yeah, if you have I a church just, arsenal, you know, I think a church arsenal <laughs> would be paranoid. Nah, dog, I got I got a I got a uh, gun under every pew, dog. 
I got one gun. Under <laughs> you know, I never know where gun. I might be sitting. <laughs> 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 you got a gun. Under shit, dog. I got a gun under every single pew. You know what? I'm with you though. I, I guess it just depends on whatever side you're on. So as a young Marine, I was taught to stay vigilant. So you gotta you gotta be watchful for danger, and you mm-hmm. gotta be watchful. For opportunities because anything could be a weapon of opportunity if you have an ink pen you can stab somebody in the eye most people mm-hmm. don't think of ink pens as a as a weapon but right. that's a weapon of opportunity you right. know what i'm saying and so uh i am and you learn that, that same line you learn that in the hood like if you about to fight, if a fight's about to jump off like where's a chair that i can grab and throw yeah where's a chair i got a lock you know what i'm saying yep. i got this uh, uh i got this uh this frozen bottle of water you know yep. what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm about to take his head off with this frozen bottle of water. I got this sock full of batteries. Who knew? Who knew? I was just, just going over to Jaren's house just to play Xbox, and I needed extra batteries, and I put them in a sock so I can carry them easy. But since he want to, fu- since this dude over here want to fight, it's now a weapon of opportunity. But uh, I'm with you on that. Uh, I was taught to stay vigilant, so whenever I'm walking around at work or anywhere. I, I just know I get most comments at work. It's like, yo, why are you always looking back when somebody walk in the room? Because I need to see who coming up in here. I want to see who's coming up in here. If I'm using a restroom, I'm looking back when I hear the door. If I'm sitting in a meeting, I'm looking back to see who walking in. If we in an auditorium, I'm looking to see who's walking in. I know the entrance and I know the exit. Uh, like, like you said, at movie theaters, if I'm going to a restaurant, I'm looking at where the exits are and I know at least two places that I can try to get out. And so that's just a natural thing that I, that I do uh, now because that's what I was taught in the Marine Corps. And so people that think that that's paranoia, when, like I said, when, I, when people are at work talking to me, like, yo, why are you always looking around? I just want to know what's going on around here. I need to see what's happening. I need to know what's happening at all times. I see, need to be aware of what's going on. I, I wasn't in the Marine Corps, but I did have an uncle, and he told me, to always have a way to cut things and always start a fire and a way to start a fire. Oh, straight up? Yeah. I don't always have a way to start a fire. Yeah. Uh, and I used to walk around with a pocket knife, but California's really strict. So I can't really do that anymore. I mean, like I think you like, can have less than three inch blade. I just I was gonna I say, don't, like, yeah, like that, no that would be more than enough for me to feel better. <laughs> you yeah. know. And uh so yeah, so that's that's I think that was kind of like the beginning of me wanting to prepare. Like I don't know if I told this story on the on the show, but I was a kid. I mean, this is back, man. When did that? Uh, what was that movie called? The one um, with Ice Cube? Oh, Higher Learning. When Higher Learning came out, right? Yeah. You, do you remember that? I love that movie. What grade were we in? Were you like in seventh grade or so? Oh, I was going to say... It was it younger than that or older? I was going to say fifth grade. Yeah, I was say it was younger than that, right? All right, so I'm in elementary school. I see this movie. I'm like, oh, shit. Because at the end, he's like, it's going to be a race war. Oh, you're right. It's probably seventh grade. I think it's 1995, now that I think about and it. And I was going to say, and they said 96 is going to be a race war. Oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's going to be a race war? Well, here I am. What what are we in ninety six? So, um, uh, uh, that's probably ninety six is freshman year. Was it? Was that? Is that when the movie? Came? You said ninety five is when the movie came out. Yeah, ninety five is when it came out. So here I am, twelve or thirteen, and I'm yeah. thinking like, 
I don't have a way to really arm up. I got some BB guns, had a pellet gun or whatever. And I'm, I had a pocket knife at that point. But I'm like, okay, if there's a race war, I need to be able to hold it down. <laughs> so, like, I started preparing back then. I remember making, like, um, like a like a spear out of a broomstick. Okay. Like, every day, I would go out into the backyard on the porch, and I would scrape the end of the, uh, of the broomstick to make a point. All right, young Malcolm, you was ready. Until I can get it perfect. Um, yeah. I had... I made a So when, a, when you got it perfect, what'd you do with it? I just set it in my in my closet. So you was ready to go? Yeah. I put like some <laughs> I put like some electric tape on the end of it, you know, as the grip. So wait, where was the race war gonna happen in your mind? Was it gonna happen at school or was it gonna happen after school, at home? It was gonna or? happen everywhere. I didn't no, it was it's gonna be all of America. It was just gonna go into shit. What did where did you get that from, Doug? Like I didn't get that from the movie. He they specifically said 1996 coon like he said when he was like something about reverse racism this is remy oh Sanders. yeah yeah and he's okay. like 1996 coon gotcha and he's talking about gotcha. the race war yeah and i think lloyd okay. was telling me about it too and like i think he might have even said it before higher learning came on <laughs> so okay so like i was like prophesizing so i'm like oh shit don't like, give this him is, that credit like, this is like real and so yeah. uh yeah i even made like this glove right Probably wouldn't have worked that, that well, thinking back on it. But I took, like, <laughs> like three um, meat knives, yeah. like steak, three steak knives, and I taped them around his glove. Like Yo, to make, you made a Freddy Krueger glove, dog? No, I made, like, a Wolverine <laughs> glove. <laughs> okay. Because they were, like, on my fist, on the back okay. of my hand. And so that was going to be, like, the glove I would use. Or, like, Vega. I don't know. <laughs> like, Vega from Street Fighter. So wait, you, you tape these steak knives on there? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if I ever hit something with it, you know they would have just flew. You know they would have just fell off. Dog, you'd have been done, yo. Well, so you I have got my, the first one. So I have you my mother's. Iso, I have my mother's brown isotonic glove. It, it didn't have a mate, so I knew it wouldn't be missed. Um, but the steak knives. OJ had the other one. But go ahead. But the steak knives, though, they they probably were because, like I said, I had three of them. Oh, dog, that's hilarious. So Okay. So I was ready, man. I, oh, I knew what outfit, like, huh? I imagine that you just took the tape and went around and round and round and round. Did you do it with the glove on? Yeah, I had my hand in it. I had my hand in it. Oh, okay, got you. And Yo, so, you, was, you was a little weapons engineer back then. Hold on, huh? I'm not done, though. And so I already knew what outfit I was going to wear. So I had, like, this uh, blue hoodie. Um... And then you had like a pocket in the front so I could put stuff in the pocket. Yeah. And but then it got kind of problematic. So like my like the pants, well they were actually like some jogging pants, but like I cut them into shorts. So I don't know how well that would have worked. And then the shoes I was gonna wear, like in my mind they were like ninja shoes. Yeah. Um, but they were like just like uh, swimming shoes. So you would have been stealth. They would have been able to hear those, huh? Oh uh, yeah. And then I had like a little. Um, I had like this. Uh, this is like when the Panthers first came out, Carolina Panthers. Yeah. And I don't know how I got this, but I had like a Panthers bandana, and so I could I could um, wrap it around my face. But it's a Black Panthers, and I knew what you know Black Panthers were back then. 
And so, like, oh, I had man. my whole fit. So I would have been, like, ninja'd out. And I used to actually do, like, reconnaissance missions in my backyard. Like, my backyard had, like, these woods behind them. And I would go and sneak up there. And, you know, just try to be stealth and not make any noise. And I would try to, like, kind of sneak really close to, like, the neighbors. Like, when they be cutting the grass and stuff, I will be in the bushes. And, I, I mean, I could get really close to them, too. Before they heard you? Because I was camouflaged. Really well, like, they will be, like, cutting the grass or whatever. And they can't hear me over that, you know. Ah, you were stealth. You was real life stealth. Yeah, man. All right. And I would be spying on them. So, like, like I was ready. I was ready. Yo, so, if the, the race war would have popped off. What was you doing? Yo. If the race war would have popped off in 96, <laughs> I would have been armed with my uh, BB gun rifle. I had a BB, yep. I had two BB gun um, handguns. Like they were like you 45s. was armed to the teeth because this was right. this was also around uh, the time Desperado came out, so I had two of them, and um, I had my my spear just in case it came to the CQC, close quarter combat, and uh, I had my uh, my steak knife glove. Your your Wolverine glove. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, you would have been ready. I wouldn't have been so ready because I took High Learning as a very entertaining movie that I learned some stuff from. But after the movie went off, I didn't take it any of it as as uh, as literal. Nah, bro, it was time to get ready. Yeah, I, I miss I missed the memo on that one. You would have you would have to come to my house. I actually started working on a second spear, so you would have one. All right, that's what's up. That's oh, what's up. that's what I also had. I had like a. Um, I don't even know what this thing. I still don't know what this thing was. Like a metal pole, and it had like like a spring loaded button in it, to where you can like make it expand. <laughs> oh, so it was a telescoping pole. Yeah, so like you could press the button and like and like flick flick the the pole out, and it'll get even longer. That's pretty badass. It's probably I probably took oh, it from James's house. That's dope. Did you know how to use any of these weapons? You'd have pulled that shit out and got your ass with. I used to practice. Yeah, I used to practice using them, man. Oh, uh, that's dope. Yeah, I used to practice using that stuff, man. I mean, yeah, you was definitely a paranoid child. <laughs> is that paranoid? Or were you preparing? I, I think I felt like I was a prepper. <laughs> I had my. Yeah, I, I didn't have a bug out bag though. I didn't, I didn't have like no water or nothing. Like water, like water bottles didn't even exist then. I don't think. Yeah, people didn't give a damn about water bottles back then, huh? <laughs> right. I don't remember ever getting a water bottle as a kid. Although, like those little sweet ass little juices used to come in boxes and little uh, yeah. those little plastic bottles. I probably could have put so, them in there, but they had the foil tops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I could have put those them in little there. juices. They came in plastic, but you couldn't get water. No, well, Aquafina was like the first water to ever come out. Yeah, man. So there you have it paranoia versus preparedness and so i think that again it's, it's just basically on what side you was on like i'm looking at it like yo i didn't get that from the movie you was freaking out dog you was paranoid but on the on the flip side if the shit would have went down you would have been prepared and i think that's the same thing it's it's all perception uh, and yeah. it's all perception same thing at the movie theater or same thing at church when you got your little deuce deuce in the boot you know what i'm saying and your church boot Everybody laughing at you because it's like this fool carrying a deuce deuce at church. I don't think God will appreciate that. But if Dylan Roof walk in and you take him out, now everybody calling you a hero right. and talk about how prepared you were. Right, right. 
Speaking of preparedness, dog, I also throw a dash of redundancy in my life, too. I have that re- redundancy, man. So um, for things that I that I think are vital or things that I really, really like, I live with that mental that military mentality. I think they say it's a Navy SEAL thing, but two is one and one is none. Meaning okay. that if you have two of something, you yeah. really only have one. Yeah. And if you have one of something, you basically yeah, no, don't have yeah. any. Because right. if one fails, you asked out. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So two is one, one is none. So at home, if we're talking groceries, cleaning products, the shit that I like, we need to have at least two of those at all times. So whether it's Caesar dressing, whether it's uh, jalapenos, uh, fresh jalapenos, no matter what it is, I don't know, um, name it. Uh, whether it's cleaning products. I like always having two. So in the garage, we got two of, we got at least two of every fucking thing because I hate running out. Being caught out there. Yeah, man. I hate being caught out there. Speaking of that, that's maybe what it is. If I break it down even further, I just hate needing some shit. Like when you, when you ready for something and you don't have it, so you need it. I hate that feeling of needed. I have, I have clothes that I have. And we've talked about this before. I have clothes that I haven't worn. Because I hate the feeling of needing a new outfit. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if, if we're going somewhere, I have things that I could choose that I haven't worn yet. Because it's like, man, I don't have anything to wear. I hate feeling like that. Yeah. At my gym locker at work, you know what I'm saying? At, at, at work, the work locker, I got extra underwear, T-shirt. I got an extra pair of socks. I got an extra washcloth. I got an extra dry towel. And I got extra soap. Because I feel like all of those are vital. If I ain't got socks to wear, I'm going to be hot. Like, if damn, I can't man, wash I forgot my to bring some socks being today. at the gym. Huh? Like, damn, man, I forgot to wear socks today. There you go. Oh, no, I'm talking about, so you got your socks when you go to the gym. I'm talking about the socks that you wear after you, you know what I'm saying, after you took your shower and it's time to go to work. Now you ain't got no socks. Or after you get done working out. Why don't you got Damn, socks? I forgot my washcloth today. Well, I got an extra one. Why don't you have any socks? Like you huh? can't you you can't I mean what happened to the socks that you were wearing when you first came in? Well, dog, they all sweated out because I worked out in them. So I I go to I, I go mean there but I mean if it, if on. worst case scenario you just have to wear your sweaty socks. Oh no, that's not an option. <laughs> I ain't trying to. Yeah, so worst case, if if it all came down to it, if everything went to hell, yeah, I would have I to guess, wear my. Sweaty I guess socks. for me, I guess that's something I don't think about or worry about because I don't sweat in my feet. I don't know, dog. Whether you sweat in your feet or not, bacteria is growing in your feet, and it's going. It's just just weird, and it's not going to ruin my day though. If 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 I went and worked out before work or whatever, and I had to put them socks back on. Yeah, that I I'll be pissed about that. It'll probably it'll probably fuck me up. It'll make me feel some kind of way, and I could do it. But instead, I just got it. I have an extra pair of socks just in case I forget the socks that I'm supposed to bring. Yeah. So, oh, uh, real quick, jump back to the uh, thing you were saying about the military. If you uh, have two, you have one. If you have one, you have none. Yeah, two is one. Um, one is none. Um, I do that with my wedding stuff, like with my wedding uh, photography. Yep. I always have two cameras. I always have two cameras. I normally use them both at the same time, but if one goes down. Um, bam! I got the second one ready to go. 
And then that's even with the lenses too. Like I have multiple lenses to cover the same distance or same yeah. focal length. So I got, yep. like, I got the zooms and I got the fixed focal length ones. And so there's some redundancy there. And normally I don't use the zooms, but um, if I had to, bam, I got it with me. So that's a good point that you bring up. And that's what I was getting to, too. Like, it's not just with shit that it's at home and stuff that's at work. You can use this at work. You can use this for your job. You know what I'm saying? Two is one. One is none. If your main job is to take pictures because you're a photographer, don't go to that motherfucker with one camera. <laughs> because well, you see it if that camera fails, you have no cameras. And that camera will fail exactly that's that murphy that's murphy's law lurking he's always lurking dog murphy's law is always lurking and ready to get you and if you don't know what that is that's anything that can go wrong will go wrong dog yeah like have you ever thought about like when you backing out of a driveway or something you like oh shit i didn't look behind me let me look behind me and it just so happened a car is going by yeah it's like why is it at this very moment a car has to be going by the time that i didn't look that's because Murphy's Law is always lurking. You know what I'm saying? That car, that car behind you could have, it could have went two minutes beforehand or a minute after, but no, it has to be going at the same exact time. I don't know, man. That's that Murphy Law shit, dude. Uh, uh, that's wild. But yeah, uh, I like I like what you said there, man. That that it works at it works for work purposes as well. It works mm -hmm. for pretty much everything. Uh, two is one, one is none. You try to build that redundancy. And it might be a little heavier. It might be a little more uh, uh, challenging. But you'll thank yourself the time, the one time that you are prepared, you, you'll thank yourself. So some people might look at that as paranoia. It's like, Jaren, why do you have three cameras and four lenses for one wedding? And you're the one that's shooting. Why would you do that? Why? What are you so paranoid about? It's like, no, I'm prepared. I'm ready just in case some shit goes down. It's happened. I mean, I've had a camera dial me on a, you know, while shooting. Um, I've dropped lenses. You know, them lenses are out for the day, but I got, you know, the backups. Right. So. And so you have smart asses that's listening to this. There, there's probably some corporate streets listeners, smart asses. It's like, well, what about driving your car? You can't take two cars with you. But you know what you can do, though? You can be prepared to know, well, if I can't get there this way. There's a, either another route that I could take or if my car breaks down, I know that if I really need to get there, I can call an Uber or right. I can call if, a cab or I can call work, a friend. For work, I got three other routes to take. I got my main yeah. route, the trusty route. But if that something happens, which it on occasion does, I'm ready to dip off at least three different places on the <laughs> way to work. Yeah. And, and actually, as far as the, having the two cars... No, you can't carry two cars, but for car people, you have your daily driver and then you have your flying car. Right. You know, you never you never modify your daily driver. So <laughs> I mean the prep you keep it, that as stock as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you keep that stock and you have your flying with your other car and you break it. But actually it's like I'm talking about the car. Do you do you have any like uh survival supplies <laughs> in your car? You know what? In my car, I don't. Um, not as much as in the wife's van. So in my wife's van, um, I have there's a uh, there's a emergency kit. Um, it doesn't have food or anything in it. Uh, it it does have 
like your general shit like your jumper cables yeah. it has and it, so um it has your jumper cables it has a uh an air compressor um it has a bunch of other shit that you would need tools for the car and then we also have a pretty extensive first aid kit in there and then we also have a uh, seat belt um seat belt cutters in there seat belt um, cutters okay yeah so there's there's uh i just got them from amazon so it's basically a seatbelt cutter that has like a razor blade that your fingers can't get in, but it slide right in the seatbelt. So gotcha. I have one in the center console that uh, the driver can get to and one in the glove compartment that the passenger can, can get into. And then the seatbelt covers also have a center punch on them so it can easily break the glass if needed to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So her car is fucking set. Me, I'll be ass <laughs> I'll be ass out. Now that you say that, I need to at least get the little seatbelt cutter thing. I do have jumper cables. I don't really have a first aid kit. Uh, no water, no covers. Uh, I actually have water in my car, a couple bottle waters, but we don't have any in the van though. So I gotta figure, I gotta figure something out. Yeah, like I'll go on a, like on a trip, like a like a road trip, and I'm always thinking like I'm gonna fall off, you know, on the edge of a mountain, and I'm gonna be stuck, and I need to survive, and I need water, and I need snacks. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like I'm gonna like straight up not be able to just walk back on the road or. So is is that daily mentality or is that specifically road trip mentality? It's more road trip. I mean, all of those things, probably you know, like a cover is in the back, and uh, I'm sure there's at least some kind of water bottle in my car. Uh, no, it's definitely like a thing that I'm thinking about, like on a road trip. I mean, and just yeah. packing in general for a trip for me is very uh it makes me very anxious (laughs) i feel that so you know what maybe it should be more along those lines uh i should be more apt to you know when we ever take road trips though we always take food though because we got a bunch of little kitties and so they always gonna want something to eat or something to drink so we do take it then but not so much during the day and i guess during the day we're gonna be on very urban roads and uh right right it's it's very uh city like so if some shit goes down you good we got the the resources to be able to buy stuff yeah oh and uh, um one one last thing that i'm paranoid about um i don't pee in the toilet that already has pee in it yeah you told me about that i, I, I know i've talked about that before but i just can't do it man i feel like some type of creature will crawl up the stream <laughs> and into my dick. Like, I, I just I just don't. I just can't do it. And, and I'm not and, about to flush that toilet. toilet that has poop in it already. Oh, hell no. That's, I mean, nah, man, come on. <laughs> I don't use Johnny on the spots. I just I just can't, man. But, uh, yeah. Don't, if I don't, have to. Don't cross I the do streams. It. I've done it um, before, like, a, uh, a run. Like so, before my half marathon, or yep. before uh, a five k, if if I have to go, cause ain't nothing like running when your stomach is bubbling, bro. Yeah, you gotta let all that go. So the best bet is to try to let it happen in the morning before you leave. But yo, some those runs be like at five a.m. You gotta be there and shit. So you be up at like three thirty four in the morning. Maybe you ain't gotta go then. Maybe your bowels will start moving into five thirty six. Actually, I did a five k this weekend. And it was downtown, right by my job, conveniently. And uh, I know my my job is a safe haven for the bathroom, so I went to use the bathroom there. 
Okay, not you had your ID with you and everything? Yeah, yeah. Well, I parked in my work garage anyway, so. Ah, got it. So you was prepared. Hey, that's what this there topic is. you go. That's is. the preparedness, dog. <laughs> that's the preparedness <laughs> versus that paranoia. Because, uh, uh, yeah, man, I'm with you on that. I, I don't like peeing on, and we talked about this too. I think we talked about it, but I usually go into stalls to go pee because most urinals got a puddle of piss in front of them. Yeah. And I don't want to, my shoes stepping in other people's piss. So generally, when you go to the uh, when you go to the stall, people mostly sit there. So how often does that happen to you? Like I don't see that. I mean, I uh, well, I, I really don't see it at work at all. But uh, I guess I see it in in um, other places. Is it safe to assume anytime you see wetness on the floor in the bathroom that is piss? Oh, automatic. <laughs> that's right. where my mind go hey that's paranoia but i'm prepared just in case it might be water but why would it be water dog why would no, nobody most people ain't washing their hands shit most people ain't washing their hands after they piss so they definitely ain't washing their hands beforehand so it ain't water because they washed their hands and didn't dry them it's piss on the floor bro well if you really want to ruin your life there's this there's this, there was this video of this guy who would go into bathrooms and piss everywhere He's pissing on all the handles. He's pissing on the sink. He's pissing on the towel rack. So anywhere that your hands are going to touch, he pissed all over it. What the fuck do you be watching, dog? Like, what kind of hole did you drive into in YouTube? What kind of rabbit hole you get into, dog? Um, I mean, that could be like just a thing that come up on Facebook. Like, uh, look at this disgusting video or <laughs> That shit is crazy. I've never heard of any. Why would somebody want to do that? And he was doing it. He was like, he would just go and make videos like this all the time. I guess he feels like it's funny or whatever. I'm not sure. Dog, and he'll videotape himself pissing all over the place. Yo, that's wild, bro. (laughs) That's wild. But see, uh, so my shoes, they're done. But I generally don't touch shit anyway, dog. Yeah. If I got to press a button to flush a toilet, I'm grabbing toilet paper and I'm pressing the button. He pisses on that too, though. Handle, I'm grabbing toilet he, paper. He pisses and I'm on the handle. all of that. On the toilet paper? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He pissed on everything where your hands will touch. How's he getting the whole bathroom in one piss session? He's like holding it. So like, most of the time, it would be like a. Uh, like a gas station type bathroom uh, where it's just the one star. Ah, uh, come on, man. That's just that's just so stupid. It's about time you get in there. Now you're trapped <laughs> because the door closes <laughs> behind you. You got to touch something to get out. Yeah, that's gross. And bro. even even using your shirt to open the handle back. I mean, now your shirt got piss on it. <laughs> so, I guess, man, it's some sick people in the world. Some sad people some in the world, sad, too, man. It's some sad motherfuckers out there. There's some sad it's people sad. in the world, man. <laughs> it is, dog. You know what? I was saying sick, but it's even further than that, dog. That's just sad. What kind of life are you living that that's what you want to do and record it, dog? Oh, shoot. So, actually, um, this just reminded me. So, last week, I went to, I went to the mall. And I'm just walking through, and I come out of uh, Macy's or whatever. And yeah. I'm coming down the escalator, and I see a familiar face. And it's this girl who I used to work with. Uh, that job okay. where I said that it was the cush job, and I had to make the decision yeah. to leave. Well, um, 
Did she like? She was one of the ones. She that was got one let of go? the people who. She's one of the people who were there when I left. Okay. Um, seniority a little she bit. She let go. Mind. I'm gonna get to that. So, okay. saw her at the mall, and she sees me pretty much the same time I saw her, and she's like, "Hey, Jaren," and I'm like, "Oh, hey," and um, the first thing she says is, "Oh, I see you lost weight. Yeah, I gained a bunch of weight, and I'm fat now." And I'm like, okay. Okay. That's kind of an <laughs> awkward way to start the conversation. So. Nice to see you again, too. Right. So I'm familiar with the girl, you know, um, like she worked like in my department. So I knew she I knew what she was about. And plus, when the the uh, department I was in, I was like uh, over scheduling and payroll. So, I, you know, I talked to everybody. I was pretty much familiar with almost everybody's personality. So she was always kind of down and negative like that. But, you know, this was like seven or eight years ago. And it's not like we were friends or anything, but for her to just like start the conversation like that. Yeah. It still kind of threw me off. But at the same time, I'm laughing in my head because I'm thinking like, oh, my God, she's like hasn't changed. Right. And so I told her like, yeah. um, And basically the answer to everything that she's about to say my answer was oh yeah i've been juicing or like yeah you can juice to fix that or juice and fix that and she was like yeah right uh, you was basically letting her know that hey you can do this too you know yeah exactly so i told her yeah i was juicing for a few months and um yeah that's how i lost all the weight and she's like yeah and um also i just got just found out i was type 2 diabetic and i never had any problems before but now last time i went to the doctor i got they told me i was diabetic i'm like okay well yeah you know again juicing can fix all of that and she was like yeah and i, I can't hold my bladder anymore <laughs> what she Dog, said she's she can telling have you everything anymore. she's super comfortable with you i guess and i told her again juicing can fix that that's, that's, Could it? that's a product that's that. a product of type 2 diabetes you know having to go to the bathroom all night that's your blood sugar being high your 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 liver's trying to get or your kidney's trying to get rid of all that sugar and shit so you pissing uh, a lot and so gotcha. and so i love science so yeah so juicing um can fix that and <laughs> she was like yeah and you know that's probably why i miscarried last month uh it's because i was fat and diabetic. Well, of course, I couldn't say juicing could have fixed her. <laughs> right. But it's just like, damn, man. Like, what? The, like, what is wrong with you? Like, why is she so sad for? And um, and then in the end, she hit me with the big one. She's like, she asked me. She looks me right in my face and says, "What? I'm, what's gonna happen now? With what?" Like with her life, I guess. Like it, I don't know, man. Like just that question is such a serious question, and it, and it's a question that you ask somebody that you're close to. I feel, or who's really close to this situation, or who's been hearing you out. Like y'all been trying trying to talk through some shit for an hour or something. She asked me what's gonna happen now within two or three minutes, dog. That's wild. And I don't even know how. How did you reply to that? The only thing I knew to say is, like, I was like, look, 
are you on social media? And like, I knew she wasn't because I feel like I looked her up before. Uh, I was like, here, you can call me or text me or whatever. I could tell you about the juice and stuff if you ever got any questions. So I offered her my support in that way. Yeah. That's all I knew to <laughs> to do. Whew. Because it was just so awkward. But like, and these these questions and all this, this whole interaction happened within two to three minutes, dog. Like when you when you see somebody in passing like that, you already know I don't want to do small talk. So it should have just been. No, that wasn't small talk at all. That it, was some. So yeah. That was some so big yeah, talk. it wasn't small talk, right? So actually, this was this conversation didn't bother me in that way because it wasn't small talk. She got right to the business, you know. Right. <laughs> this was, was the rest of stuff. She to told about. you her whole fucking life in two minutes. Yeah, yeah. And none of it was positive. And none of it was positive. But I feel like no, that's that that's that law number ten, Robert Green shit. That's what he was talking about, man. The forty eight laws of power: infection, avoid the unhappy and unlucky. Because, dog, she will suck. She, whoever she's dealing with on a daily basis, she's sucking them dry of whatever posi- positivity they have. Because think about this, dog. You tried to give her all these answers which could solve the problems that she was having. Mm-hmm. And you know from experience that they can solve her problems, right? All right. But she didn't want that. She just kept giving you more problems after you gave her one solution that solved all her problems and she didn't want none of those answers she just kept giving you more problems and more problems and more problems and he was like well just so happens the solution i gave you at first solves that one and that one and that one and that one and she kept giving you more and at the end she's gonna ask you what's gonna happen now dog what is that it's like she felt like she's died. I think where she was coming from is like I'm diabetic, and what's gonna happen to me now? Kind of thing. Like, like, well, you're gonna have to talk to your doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not a doctor. You know, they gotta give you some medicine to take, and if you try juicing, I'm sure that'll probably fix. You know, help you out. Sure, it certainly helped me, but. I mean, the answer's pretty simple. You gonna be sick and unhappy if you don't get the shit together. It's really what it's gonna be. Somebody it's, like her, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think she. Even if she did say lose the weight, right? Yeah. Which, by the way, she really didn't seem. She, I think she was bigger. You know, I, I did. I could see that she gained some weight, but it's not like she gained a shitload of weight more. So. Like, I don't know what she was, like, really tripping off of on that, but. Yeah, man, that's that's unfortunate, man. There's a lot of people out there that actually sounds like a hint of depression, too. I don't I don't really know uh, much about mental health because our school system don't teach a shit about it. Right. And uh, I had personally no particular reason to go look it up myself. Um, but that sounds like there's some type of mental uh illness of some sort going on there um she has like serious depression like that's severe depression man like because again she was like that back back then when i knew her yeah maybe not to that degree i don't remember her being like that to that degree but i just remember her being kind of negative with everything 
That's really unfortunate too, man, because her family is talk possibly, I don't know if she deals with her family or not, but people that she's close to deal with her every day and they hear and see this every day and maybe they're not in a position, maybe they're unhappy too, but nobody is getting her any help and she's definitely not helping herself. Bro, do you think she has somebody? I don't think she has anybody. Like I don't I think the people she may have had once upon a time probably cut her off because they were sick of hearing that shit. Yeah, that's very possible. That's I was, very possible. I mean, I was talking to a girl who was kind of like that just negative about everything. I couldn't take that shit anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you cool or whatever, but when you're talking about like a issue you have or whatever and everything is just constantly negative it's like nah i I don't want to be around that shit right now speaking that there's levels to it too like this one that you were talking about with old girl that you saw at the mall this is probably the most severe level that i've ever like i've had friends that i've talked to and they always have problems and they always have different problems but there are times i talk to them where they're doing just fine and they are happy and that's not to say that they're not depressed mm-hmm. but it doesn't sound like they're at the level of this woman that you were talking to right i mean that sounds super extreme so the people that i'm talking about if if i don't if i can't do it anymore i'll just let them know it's like yo i'm trying to be positive and work with you but like i can't i can't help you if if you're not trying to like i can't talk to you for an hour at length if you're not even trying to help yourself you know what I'm saying? If if you're not taking any of the advice, you're not trying to get any help. I, I don't know what else to say to you. Um, I don't know what else to give you. I'm giving you all that I have. You know, and it's just saying? like I just want to talk about fixing it at this point. Not necessarily with her, but like if you got that friend who's always just negative about everything and always talking about how somebody's fucking them over or how bad the job is. It's like, what are you gonna do to change this? Like we've talked about how bad everything is. What are you going to do to fix it? Yeah. And if you're not going to do anything to try to fix this situation, stop talking to me about it then. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't want to hear this all the time. Like, yeah. We That's what I'm saying. You know, we have I, these I, friends I, who who That's have, when you talk to them and like that's when you're like, "Yo, I tried. I really I'm, I'm trying to help you. I, I tried to give you solutions. I I heard you out." We talked about things that we could that you could do different and you're not trying any of it and you keep coming in with the same thing. I don't know what else to tell you. I can't talk about that anymore. I'm sorry, man. I can't, I can't do it. Yeah, stop complaining about it. If you're having a beef with your boss and you're not going to sit down and have a conversation with him or report it, report the beef or whatever, like just sit there and take it then. Like I don't want to hear about it no more. Mine is usually not the beef with the boss. It's usually it's usually guys. It's usually me talking to a female friend and she's telling me about oh, this guy that she absolutely. Yeah. That's usually what it is. Normally when people come to me and they talk to me about if if they trust me enough to talk to them about a work situation, they want my advice. They usually either take a variation of my advice or they go and do their own thing because they don't have to take my advice. I'm just giving them a perspective. Yeah. They go do what's best for them. But at least they do something, and then we're on to another thing. We don't have to sit and talk about no, that. No, I was dating a girl who who would complain about her boss situation every day. It was like a new supervisor or whatever. And yeah. she would just complain about the person every day. And then when she finally 
took my advice to to get out the department, she still complained. She still complained <laughs> so she was gone and she was still complaining? She complained about the new situation. And I think she ended oh. up going back to the boss that she was complaining about in the first place. Oh, that's hard, bro. So, but no, you're right. Um, the the big one is is the guy that they're dealing with, uh, a fuck boy, baby daddy, or whatever. Yeah, you know that's that's the big or one. any combination of that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> a fuck boy and or baby daddy. Right. And uh, it's usually that. I usually don't have that with guys. Like guys ain't really dwelling on women that hard like that and if they are they ain't talking to their boy about it that much they might throw something out there and then after that it's gone you know what i'm saying and so oh that's gotta be tough right like say you're a guy who's having these this this thing and you don't have your homeboy to talk well i guess you that's you can go talk to a, a female friend about it yeah that's probably what they do that's yeah. probably what guys do it's not that you can't talk to your homeboy about it you just don't Cause you don't you don't want your homeboy quote unquote judging you, or you don't want your homeboy feeling like you don't you don't know how to handle your situations with women. That's just like a man thing that men are too cool or too strong. To... Cats like you, dog. I told you that I missed you, dog, and you was like, yeah, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I know you miss me too, but you ain't gotta say it. It's cool. I get it. I know you you too strong for that. I guess you, you your your manhood, your masculinity wouldn't allow you to tell you how you felt about me. I get it. It's almost along those lines. I'm just gonna let that awkward silence speak for. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It was awkwardly silent because you ain't know how to reply to it. I get it. You know what I'm saying? I see. I see what it is. It's about the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Moral to that story, man. Uh, for me is. Be there for your friends, man. People that you care about, be there for them. But you know what? As a matter of fact, I'm going to chop this up, unfortunately, because I don't know the exact way that he said it. But I was reading uh, this quote from Chris Rock. And uh, he was doing, I guess he was on Oprah's podcast or one of the Oprah shows. He did an interview with Oprah. Hold on, on. pause, 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 pause. Why the hell does Oprah need a podcast? I know she had one, and it's supposed to be the greatest thing next to, like, next to sliced bread. Why the fuck does she have to, like, jump into the podcast world? (laughs) So, basically, you ask her why she fucking it up for everybody else. Yeah. How how come she won't let people live? You had one of the greatest, one of the greatest talk shows ever. Bruh, you have your own network. Yeah. Now, why why are you jumping into the podcast? You can't get all your thoughts out. Every day on your entire channel and magazine, yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm I hear you want to be a multimedia man. Come on, man. Dog, she look, look. This is why it's important for her to have it, cause she had people like Chris Rock, and she gets a side of Chris Rock that everybody can't get because they're in the presence of Oprah. You know what I'm saying? If we was to interview Chris Rock. Fool would be telling jokes and shit. He, no, he wouldn't drop the same juice. She, they, they can do. She can do that on her show though. Oh, okay. on, on right, her TV, fine. on her TV network. Yeah, yeah. That she owns. <laughs> <laughs> why but don't do it on the podcast? Like, why you gotta do it on a free ass podcast? Like, I don't hey, know, man. man. Like, she she wants everybody. She to gonna be out her, here bro. vlogging, doing YouTube videos and stuff. Like, come on, yeah, man, Oprah, like. She killing the game. 
But back to what I was saying yeah. about the homie Chris Rock. She asked Chris Rock what was his best what, what is his best advice. And homie was talking about how he didn't have money back in the day. He had terrible cars and his shit would always break down on the highway. But when he stood there trying to flag people down, nobody stopped for him. But when he pushed his car, other drivers would get out and try to help him push it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So he was saying, if you want help, help yourself because people like to see that type of shit. Right? Yeah. And so I guess in this moral, what I, in this moral that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say here, I'm trying to wrap it up for myself, is that help your friends, man, and definitely help the people that, that look like they want to help themselves. I'm all about that. If you're a person, you're a friend that's in need of help, at least help them help you. You know what I'm saying? Help me help you. Help yourself first so then I can be apt to want to help you. Don't sit there and, like, I'm showering you with all this advice and all this time and all this effort and all this empathy and sympathy. And then you just turn around, throw that shit out the window, in one ear, out the other, and then come back tomorrow with the same problems or a different variation of that same problem. You know what I'm saying? So that's all yeah. I got to say about that. And I think I walked into being her support system now, too. Um, no, you definitely fell for that trap. Well, so but, so the thing was, I thought, like, I, so I gave her my number and I figured she was like, uh, yeah, I'll text you and let you know. And I figured she must have copied my number wrong or something. <laughs> and the, because, like, I just, you know, most time when people say that, they'll just immediately shoot you the message so you get their number. Yeah. And it didn't happen, but like three or four hours later, the text finally came through. I'm like, ah. <laughs> so she's supposed to be uh, getting a juicer and I don't know she didn't get it recently so I don't know what's gonna happen but no I was gonna say that's your out though you didn't you didn't just say call me whenever you wanna talk so you did it the right way and Corporate Street's listeners don't do that shit call me if you wanna talk oh. don't do just that yeah. like make sure it's with the purpose oh no I didn't uh, offer myself up like that no yeah because you're just gonna be offering your own time you told her with the purpose hey look I know a little bit about juicing because I've been doing it. If you want some advice on juicing or want to know more, feel free to call me about juicing. And then that's your out. When she starts talking about this other stuff, you can hit her with the MJ fade um, if you need to. You know what? That sounds really, that sounds really, really harsh, doesn't it? Like somebody that's in need of help, you hitting them with the MJ fade. That sounds harsh. But uh, maybe you can, maybe you can advise them to some other type of help it's like look i can help you with juice but your life situations that you have you really need to talk to a doctor i would just be or like you, that's cool that juice and no <laughs> and that's cool if she's keeping the juice then you know what i'm saying you you help her as long as you want to help but no like i said i was in payroll and scheduling um and i used to do her stuff and i'm pretty sure like she was like she would be out for well, I don't know what she was out for. You know, we're not privy to that information. But she knows how to take FMLA and stuff, so. Yeah. She knows, she knows that's an option. I think she needs it, too. Well, oh, oh. So, um, I forgot. I left a piece out. So, like I said, she worked with me, right, at the old place. And I left that place. Because, you know, it seemed like there was about to be a shakeup and, you know, people was going to get all moved around and heads going to get cut off. So fast forward to a couple of months ago, she was still actually with the company. And but then she did get let go. 
So oh, it didn't happen immediately, but yeah. the trajectory in her path that she decided to take ended her up, you know, in a place where she was just kind of um, vulnerable, and they got her. Damn. So yeah, she her. also so, told me within all those those things she was telling me about how she lost her job too. So. That's really rough, and that's another thing too. You got to take responsibility for your own sort of employment whether you work for somebody or whether you're going to be self-employed or whether you're going to be an investor whatever it is you gotta you gotta take that into your own account you can't expect no company to take care of you you can't expect no boss to take care of you you know how many stories i hear of companies selling you know i'm saying selling a company or you know people selling their companies and then they get however many hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars and the workers they don't get nothing because it wasn't a company i paid you for your services already why why should you get more than that but they felt like they helped build the company too you know what i'm saying and so right. uh that was one of the that's one of the things i had to realize too when i'm talking about changing jobs is i'm feeling all loyal and i don't want to leave this place because i've been here for this time and i don't want to i don't know the way how people are going to look at me but the fact is that that company had to get rid of me they'll do what's best for business so you got to do what's best for you absolutely absolutely yeah do not feel bad about leaving a department or leaving some people or leaving some friends behind or leaving the company behind i mean as long as you give proper notice you give the two weeks if you if you're at liberty to do that as long as you try to do the right thing but don't stick around at a place just because you don't want to hurt nobody's feelings because when they got to let you go they're going to do what's best for the business. And they're going to be like, yo, I know disagree. it's Christmas time. I'm really, really sorry. But there's nothing really we could do. I, I did everything I could. And we just got to let you go. And it's like, well, shit, I could have left here six months ago. But I, I stayed was just with y'all funky ass. I was going to say, I kind of disagree with the two-week thing. Because they won't give you a two-week notice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, for the people, like, so for, like, her, like, she was just kind of given. She, so in this case, she was kind of given the heads up like hey we're surplusing people um you know these are your options so like i know people who were being surplus and they left on their own terms they didn't want to get just caught off guard by okay like okay this, well, we're officially getting rid of you now so right and that's that's why the company gives you that you know maybe give you that opportunity you know sometimes sometimes it, sometimes they move a little quicker or sometimes they might be like, all right, well, you're here, but you're in this kind of state of limbo, and they can get rid of you any day. Yeah, that's rough, man. So, so yeah, you're right. Speaking of that two weeks, I say the two weeks just because you don't want to burn any bridges. That's a standard you know we're Purposely. Giving. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a standard notice. It's just so you don't burn any bridges, you give the proper heads up. Right. I, and that's why I said, like, if you can give the two weeks, you go ahead and give the two weeks. But I mean, nah, if, hey, nah, if, you get, if you get picked up, if you all of a sudden you Diddy's barber and you don't plan on going back, you know, what I'm saying to your uh, Verizon job or you don't plan, you don't plan on going back to your to your gig at, at, at all these foods, then fuck it. You dip out and go be Diddy's barber or no, whatever it is. I was just going to say, no, I'll do you one better. You quit after you've already been hired at your new place. You don't gotta get them two weeks. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't give them two weeks to try to screw me over or whatever. Like you're already hired. Like you don't need their 
they're uh, they co-sign anymore. Yeah, technically you don't. Nope. But if if you're in the same if you're working in the same type of business, them circles are small. Word gets around, they find out that you some type of jerk that don't get proper notice, and now all of a sudden, ten years later, that shit follows you back. I don't know. You do what's best for you. But the proper, or not proper, the uh, the respectful thing to do to not burn any bridges would give a proper amount of notice. Even if it's not two weeks, but just give some type of notice. See, that bridges thing, that bridges thing, that's only in the... It's like what? The, the bridges thing that you're talking about, that's in the yeah. um, salaried world. Ah, true. True. They ain't, no, they ain't no bridges in these wages world. And so you could just leave because they're going to get rid of you again. They're going to get rid yeah. of you just at the drop of a dime. So That's true. Again, if you're already hired, it's not like they're going to be like, first of all, they're not going to know where you're hired. And, I mean, it's already done. You don't need them no more. You got hired, <laughs> with, you got hired without having to get that reference, so. Say, look, I did my part. I came in when you needed me. You did your part. You paid me. I got a new gig. I don't need you to pay me no more. I'm out. Yep. Just like that. And you can end the show. <laughs> <laughs> and just like that, you can be listening to anyone in the world right now. However, you listening to us, Jenna and I definitely appreciate that. You know what he said. We're the only media that you need. But if you decide to cheat on us, make sure you get us in that rotation. Me and Jaron have another Corporate Streets production. It's called The Powercast. We went through the book, The 48 Laws of Power. It's super dope. Go check it out. We made our own examples from Robert Greene's book, The 48 Laws of Power. It's super cold. If you need to get at us, you can email us at thecorpstreets at gmail.com. You need help handling the situation. You heard the advice we was given. We are the advice connoisseurs. You can hit us up on Twitter, at Streets, and you know what you're listening to this is the corporate streets podcast this is the podcast for people who tells a three-year-old to play sleep in a stroller at the entry point to disneyland because three years old is the age when they start charging 110 dollars per person peace yo two and under is free i know they're gonna try to be slick and ask him how old he is so we, yo play sleep you need to go to sleep and the punchline is can't ask him and the punchline is yeah, yeah exactly you don't want that kid to uh blow up the spot so <laughs> yo they don't ask you they ask the kid they're like hey little guy how old are you he was like i'm five and that's when you say to them don't be talking to no don't be talking to them don't be talking to my kid <laughs> right that's right. how you clean that up we out